Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with the best bit of this afternoon show. Andy, what do we like today? Well, we had uh, a chat with a bloke from a cricket team. They haven't won for five years. Yeah, that's true. That was fun. Motti did a very interesting thing. Over and under. Who's overachieved? Who's un- over- underachieved? Yeah. I'll get there in the end. Who's overachieved and who's overachieved? <laughs> it's a fairly one-sided conversation. Our <laughs> bits and don't ask me. Don't ask me. Yeah, so here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Roughly important. Before I talk about the weekend's football and what it means to me and all that sort of stuff, yeah. uh, I noticed that I very much enjoyed the programme on the Alf's Boys. On, they called it Alfie's Boys. It was a stupid title. You refused to call it by its own well, title. Well, it you? was a stupid title because nobody ever called Alpha Ramsey Alfie, ever. But that, uh, it was an interesting yes, programme. Yes, I'd seen it before and it was well on last made programme. Yeah, There's something I noticed that when Jeff Hurst gets that third goal, goal when the ball comes to him yeah. from Bobby Moore, he actually does control it. It brushes his hand. And David Ellery, he did think that. He always refers to it as our 3-2 win in Germany in 60, over Germany <laughs> really? in 66. Yeah. What well, was a handball that led to a goal, Andy? Yeah. Actually, Ziggy, and then I wrote that down. Then I noticed that Ziggy Held handled it actually on the way to Weber when he scored the equaliser. So actually it was 3-1. That yeah. was the score, 3 1. Do you think they all get together, sort of referees, old refs get together and re referee games now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it'd be worth looking at the, the other World Cups and competitions with VAR. No, it wouldn't be. Well, let's not bother. Hey, let's, not, say, let's not ruin it for ourselves. The Queen was gutted when Jeff Hurst got the equaliser. They panned to her. She wasn't happy. Well, you know. Quite a lot of German. Quite a lot of German in the family, you've got to be honest. Remember, cut back to that picture when she gave Jürgen Klinsmann the European Championship trophy. She was beaming Euro 96. And a great decision by referee Keith Stroud in the Brentford game yesterday. Yeah, that was weird. Tremendous. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, well, and we'll talk to we'll have a ch- chat with Keith Hackett because they are going to tweak the handball law. We'll, we'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. And you'd think, oh, that's good because mm. it doesn't work. But but then take that back and they think, no, they've actually made it worse. Yeah, and we'll tell you why. Oh, Hopefully, yeah. Keith will as well uh, a little bit later on. And Mick McCarthy was commentating on the uh, play at Brentford. Yes, game. he was. Yeah, well, I can hear his dance. It just sounds yeah. like dance to me. <laughs> it's incredible. Well, imagine what it's like every time <laughs> Steve Bruce comes on. <laughs> Talking of which, I've noticed we used to play a game, didn't we? Uh, suit or tracksuit. We it started off, bit, yeah, yeah. and it was that simple thing of what would happen when a player becomes a manager. 
what do you think they would wear? And I think probably at the time we said, imagine Steven Gerrard. And I think we probably both went tracksuit. But tracksuit. He, he's a bit more suit, actually, suit, isn't he? When he yeah, okay. Club blazer, yeah. possibly. Frank Lampard at the time, would we have said... Um, I would have said suit. You would have said suit, but what's ended up happening he is tracksuit. Track it's suit. not club yeah. shop. I mean, that's almost an extension because yeah. the, only, the only manager who's proper Pulis is Jurgen Klopp, who's yeah. the full Pulis, isn't he? <laughs> uh, but yeah. I've noticed now that then it mm. developed... Because of mainly because of Pep, it developed into suit tracksuit or smart casual. Mm. But now, really, what's Jose now? He's tracksuit. No, Joe. No, Jose's kind of he, he's the, the look that a lot of them have these days is the open neck shirt, a trouser, as they say in the oh, yeah. in the tailor in trade. And you know from your men's, we've got a lovely trouser for you. Why you're thirty four waist, thirty four, thirty one. Just looking at you, sir. I will measure you, but thirty two, thirty one, but thirty two, thirty two waist. You, yeah, really. Okay, it's okay, fair enough. One edge. Okay, it's 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 all it's just above the waist. It all sits above the waist. That's where you carry it, sir. I can see you carry it there, sir. So um, anyway, the point I'm making is this: yeah. that the look that most of them go for now mm. is the jumper, the kind of button-up jumper yeah. with the shirt underneath. Steve Bruce. I mean, I think the game of suit or tracksuit has gone because most of them are going to go down that route, looking like coach drivers. I agree with you, but uh, I'm still taking in my thing on my stomach. But what can you do? Yeah, no, no. It's Look, it's fine. I'm, I'm just interested in your 32 waist, though. That's impressive, really. It's brilliant. 67% of Arsenal fans would rather win the FA Cup than have sex. That's a survey today, apparently. Really? Only 36% of the Chelsea fans feel the same way. I suppose that's because that's all Arsenal got left. Really. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what was it like for you then on the final day of the season? Oh, so no, I've got a note here in my book. Too nervous, can't write any notes. It was a real. Uh, nerve-wracking, especially... It was very much... That was Chelsea's season in a whole game there. First half, up to when Chelsea scored, Wolves, by far, all my notes do say, Wolves better team, Wolves more solid, we can't get the ball, so much more up for it. Then suddenly, they turn it on, they score two goals in about five minutes. Second half, they were absolutely dominant. Yeah, I think Wolves ran out of steam. I think they, they, their, legs, their yeah. legs caught up with them a bit. I mean, over a year they've been playing now, for goodness sake. Yeah. So you've got to give them a break. Um, we, we had Jose Ball at its worst in a lot of ways. Mm. And I, I think St John's Ambulance are going to have to increase the amount of medical staff at White Hart Lane once it's a full house again. Because that way of playing... I mean, I'm watching this match and Tottenham go 1-0 up after 13 minutes against a team with absolutely mm. no confidence. And you think, go and get the second goal and Palace would have had their flip-flops on. All you needed to do was get the second goal. So yeah. what do we do? We get the first goal and then we all sit deep and we give Palace a load of ball. We give them a load of confidence. And look... Scott there nearly scored. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. So it all hinges on that. That header goes in. It's a completely... And he, you know, you could say he's a lucky general and all that. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a funny one with him, though. He will say that he hasn't done a bad job. He will say no. rightly that if you add the points up... Since he got there, and they yeah. were in a bit of a state when he got there, they'd be top four. You can't argue with that. And for me, Spurs are perfectly set up for Mourinho. They've got a decent defence, they've got some decent players, and they've got a world-class striker. And if you look at... A decent defence? I think so. Well, I think really? so. You know, look, they, look you at know, the, I, think, I think we offer up, still offer decent up... Decent keeper? A fair few chances. You could do, you know, could do with, I think full-back you could do with strengthening. But, yeah. you know, I think... 
no, I think half and, and central midfield. Yeah, no, I think Alderweireld's good, but I just think that nature, that way of playing, is just heart attack inducing. Uh, you know, there's certain teams. You're playing Bayern Munich and you go one nil up after 13 minutes, and you know one goal is going to be enough. Yeah. Fine, but not a team without any confidence that you could probably see off with another quick but goal. You get away when you've got a world class striker like Kane. You get away with so much as a manager. I mean, that goal he scored. Yes, they were such a cane goal, wasn't it? Just the early taking of the ball, the yeah. quick strike, you know, brilliant. Absolutely. But then how He's do we view that class. season? Um, Charles, if, if, if Dan, only, if if Dan heads out on target, Andy, how do we how do we look back on this? We say, so we're we still saying it's, it's good, a good <laughs> yeah. job done? I, you think you have to but say that. I mean, you can't really look at things like that because, you know, he didn't score. And so, you know... The, well, that position, wasn't, you, you know, you he was in a position to score. He wasn't picked up, was he? No, so the marking, it wasn't for any, it wasn't a fantastic header by a Tottenham player that stopped him doing no, it, or a great clearance. But, you know, look, it was just a wayward header. I don't think you, you know, you can only look at it in what actually happened. You can't say, well, if that had happened and if that had happened, what happened was since Jose came in there, they've collected enough points to be fourth place. Yeah, I no, think, no, I'm not. I'm just saying it's going to be yeah. a, it's going to be a tough watch no. if that if that's what it's going to be. And, like. and you do think that if less Spurs progress next season. I think that will be Kane's last season. He'd be mad to stay there. He would yeah. be because, you know, he's absolutely world-class. There's no question about that. Um, Carl in Whitney asked, he, he says, where does... Uh, well, Pep was wearing last week the ripped stonewashed jeans. Where does that sit in the tracksuit suit debate? Well, it doesn't sit anywhere. I mean, I think he's gone rogue, hasn't he? Yeah. He looks like he's been doing a bit of decorating during the day, Pep, these days. Yeah. He's, he just doesn't care anymore, does no, he? No, he no. wear what he likes. He wears what he likes. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. What's it like not to win a game of cricket for five years? Must it, it, but, but you keep going back. You keep going back. It's love of the game. And in the end, uh, you know, you get what you deserve, which is a victory. Uh, joining us now, the captain of uh, Bowden Cricket Club, over 40s, uh, Damien Bork. Good afternoon, Damien. Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good, thank you. Well done. After five years and 60 games, you finally got the victory. What was the secret this time? Had you come close prior to this? Well, we, we on a number of occasions, we'd got... We'd got We've got close, maybe maybe four or five runs from a victory, but uh, inevitably, inevitably, towards the end, we, we somehow managed to give it away. Um, but yeah, but it was a bit of a surprise, let me tell you. When you were getting beaten regularly, weren't you tempted to sort of get in, you know, a ringer? Somebody who's actually quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done. Well, we've got a few, we've got a few over 40s at um, our club who played for Lancashire and so, but somehow we, I've never managed to persuade them to join. Right. <laughs> oh, really? But they won't play for the over four. I mean, is it is it your club Bowden? You got a bit of a structure. You got sort of Colts all the way up. Have you? Is it a decent structure at the club? Yeah, we got we got under sixes all the way up to the first team, and the first, mm-hmm. first team do reasonably well. They they do keep reminding me to to mention that we are the over forties and not not the first team. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're, being, yeah, you're dragging the club's when name you, when through you the, the mud. Under, when you were the under forties, were you all good? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we were all pretty terrible. Uh, we, we're just a group of guys who've who've got, uh, I suppose, limit, limited talent, but quite a bit of uh, yeah. quite a bit of desire. What so what was so what was different uh, this time? Uh, what made all the difference? Uh, we see Wides top scored, so well done to him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so was this was there? Were they were they bowling badly? The opposition that day, I take it, there must have been. I, I I think this COVID break hasn't been great for Ashley, um, and I think they they must have been out the blocks fairly slowly. Mm. I mean, usually usually this, these guys generally beat well, they always beat us, obviously. Um, but mm. I think this this time I don't know what it was, but um, 
we we just had a really tight spell at the beginning of our of our bowling, and uh, you know I was thinking inevitably this is going to turn into uh, um, a bit of a mullering later on in the in the innings. But we did we we kept it tight, which is which is which is unusual really for us. And so was it was it a close game? What was the final score? Well, we were about in the last over. We needed four off the last over, and uh, we had. Uh, um, Bealey in and he's, he either hits a six or gets bowled um, so he, he reverted to a tactic of going for singles which, which was which was the right thing to do and uh, it got us over the line just with a couple of balls to spare Wow Very exciting Now I understand uh, Damien you've played since haven't you didn't you ever or I don't know if it was rained off or anything but have you played since and how did you fare if you did no, we've got we've got our big uh, we've got our big derby against Bowden Vale on Wednesday. Right. Literally, I can I can feel the panic in those Bowden Vale players. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've you've got a bit of momentum yeah, yeah. there, haven't you? Well, we're on a run, aren't we now? So uh, no, I, I've had a few text messages from a few of their players asking uh, asking who we you know what our secret is, what what who, who else we've added to the team, and uh, and what we're going to do to them on Wednesday. Yeah. Now, normally, obviously, it would have been everybody would have been in the bar celebrating, but you you can't do that at the moment. But I see, it, as a good skipper, you had a few tins, warm tins, in the boot of your car. So there's a picture of your boys celebrating the victory. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, there was no champagne brought just in case. It was just, uh, it was just an, it was just an, an old case of beer that I'd had left over from a shopping trip that uh, it was in the back of the uh, back of the car. But it was it was distinctly tepid, and uh, but uh, it went down went down just as well. How did you maintain morale over the, the five-year period? I mean, doesn't it get... You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I love playing cricket, but I think if we lost every time we turned out, I think I'd think, I've had enough of this, <laughs> really. No, to be, to be honest, we've, um, the format is you, we play cricket and then we organise a dinner to, for the opposition and the, uh, uh, for our players. And whilst we were absolutely rubbish on the field, um, generally our dinners were, were, were something else. So we got we got quite a bit of interesting games. Um but yeah, no, we're all we're all good mates and we do it we do it for the love of the game really. Um it's uh, it's it's been you know, every every week we, we, we start with a renewed optimism that maybe maybe this is the one. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I'm sure you might make the back of um, wisdom from Lawrence Booth's listening. It's the kind of story that often yeah, gets in true. the back. So, um, good, good to talk to you, Damon. Good luck on Wednesday in the in the derby. Oh yeah, well, it's a de- it's a surefire win. I'm I'm absolutely happy <laughs> now. So there we are, Damien Bork, captain of Bur- Bowden Cricket Club over forties. Um, in this little section, there was a piece in the Times about it, and there was another related story. And you know, there was a team once in Somerset. This was in 1913. Um, Glastonbury bowled out Langport, right, for mm. naught. Blimey, really? <laughs> takes them to it. does take them to No extras. get through 11 batsmen and no extras. I didn't for know Glastonbury naught. had a cricket team. Yeah, well, they did in 1913. Mm. I don't know if they still have. <laughs> and in 1931, Midlands team Shepstone scored a total of four with all the runs coming via extras. <laughs> That's not great, is That's it? A very, Derek Underwood would love Glastonbury. It's quite a wet pitch. <laughs> I think, yeah, he certainly would have done. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. John Motson is with us and uh, we were looking at the key games yesterday and uh, Andy had a bit of a thought what we thought we would uh, do today, Motty, because, you know, until you actually do an experiment like this, mm. you're never quite sure, are you? So, Well, I just got to thinking, yeah. Motty, that, you know, teams, how have they done? Because what got me started on it was that BBC, before the season started, asked 21 experts where they thought Chelsea would finish and only three thought they'd finish in the top four. This is before they restart before the, No, no, before the, start the season, season started. So yeah. I'm talking about this time last year, yeah. going into the season. Yeah. And I thought, well, let's have a look at every team, about whether they did better than we thought they'd do or worse than we thought yeah. they'd do. So well, we, it's as simple as that, Motti. We'll start at the top, at Liverpool. I think, I think it's fair to say they overachieved, yeah. really, because they won the title. Yeah, just a bit, with 32 <laughs> wins in 38 games, equaling the Premier League record, 99 points, won it by 18 from Manchester City. I mean, really, there's so many records. They they set, I think, a couple yesterday, points in a single season and away wins, etc. A marvellous year for Jurgen Klopp, and I think they'll probably produce another one very similar next season. Yeah, yeah so, so we, we agree. They... So by definition, though, Andy, that would mean that City, having won it the year before... No, City underachieved. I've underachieved. I, I don't want to colour Motti's views. So no. what about Man City? Well, I think that their best result of the season was when the CIS dropped that uh, European ban mm. uh, because that was hovering over the club. I think that settled everybody down, including Guardiola. I think they'll be very strong next season without David now, of course, but Foden will come through and possibly to strengthen themselves by finding a replacement for Vincent Company, which they haven't yet. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United. No, mm, I know that's what an Andy thinks. Well, um, Motti, what about, would you say they've overachieved, underachieved uh, this season? Over- overachieved in the second half of the season, possibly, because they were underachieving before that. If mm. you think about it, mm. uh, there was a time in December, January, when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's position didn't look that secure. Look what he's gone and done. 14 games unbeaten. They've gone from 14th to 3rd. And, of course, probably the signing of the season, would you say? Um, oh, yeah. Fernandes, I mean, yeah. Fernandes, I mean, come on. The effect he's had has been absolutely inspirational. Yeah. 
Uh, and of course, Mason Greenwood coming through as well, which is in the Manchester United tradition of young players. So I think if you if you looked at the season as a whole and starting from when we looked at it in August, I think they've overachieved. Fair enough. Andy, you tend to think that they're about right. You think they should have been top four, don't you? Well, I, I do think they, they spent a lot of money. Spent £200 million. Pound. They had a pretty decent squad to start with. But I, I agree. I think given where they were and what they've done, I'd say fair yeah. enough. They have overachieved. and It's been a decent season. I think you'd, I think you'd have to say Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea have overachieved oh, Chelsea, with yeah. a young manager and uh, not yeah. buying any players and losing as are definitely. Um, uh, so would you would you agree with that, John? Yes, I think so. I mean, they, there were a lot of people who had doubts about Frank Lampard when he took over, um, and he's proved them all uh, conclusively wrong. And I mean, to get into the Champions League, um, and, and of course bringing through young players as well, Mason Mount, who scored yesterday, would come high up on that list. And uh, I don't, I don't see Chelsea getting any weaker either. By the way, I no. think with these new signings, they're going to be a threat again next year. Now, the interesting thing with Leicester in fifth is that, uh, you know, it's very hard to say they have underachieved in like what's happened. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm talking uh, about what you thought of Leicester this time last yeah. year to what they, to what they you wouldn't have achieved. thought they would have been because, you know, they've got their, their clubs with greater resources uh, are below them like Tottenham and Arsenal. So I think you'd have to say that, wouldn't you, John? Yes, they've overachieved, especially when you think of that run they had before Christmas with eight consecutive wins. And then, as I say, it, it faded because of partly because of injuries. But I think if you'd said what would Brendan Rodgers' target be at the beginning of the season, the top six uh, would, have, would have been a very reasonable assumption, and that's exactly what they've got. Yeah. Uh, and Tottenham, are we saying by definition, because they were Champions League last year that uh, I mean you know yeah, going of, into the season last year you would not have had them down finishing well all six. those experts felt mm. that they were going to be top four I mean I've got to be honest I was, I was a touch sceptical the way we'd been playing before that but um, so John what do you think Spurs wise well when you bear in mind that Tottenham mm. have been um, what is it 11 years in the top six in, in, in consecutively um, and they're in the top six again right at the last minute. I mean, I think they, they may have underachieved in the opinion of some of their supporters, but the way Mourinho appears to have turned it round in the last few weeks gives me some sort of sign of hope for next season for Tottenham, especially with Harry Kane in the form that he's finishing in. Mm. Uh, but I suppose, yeah, one or two people might say they're underachieved, but not by much. And what about Wolves then? What did we expect of Wolves at the start of the season? We probably thought we'd, they'd be in the mix in that sort of I, anything I between 6th and 10th. I thought they were going to struggle because of the Europa League. So right. in my view, they've overachieved. But what, what do you think, John? Yes, I think so, because they were seventh last year and they finished seventh this year, which you've got to say is a very fine performance by a manager and a team that came out of the championship uh, two seasons ago. Um, I think that Wolves, <laughs> yeah, they keep the same team a lot, don't they? And they all know what each other are doing. They've been very consistent. Uh, a lot of good Portuguese players. I, I, but, and I thought they might fade a bit this season. But no, they've, over, they've definitely overachieved. Uh, Arsenal, I mean, they've still got a couple final to come which could show you but I mean in terms of Mikel Arteta's answered this question really he's been open about it and said he thinks they should be doing better than this eighth 
well, probably they should. And I'm sure next season they perhaps will. But I think uh, when he took over from Unai Emery, it, it, it looked as if the club was sort of rocking a little bit. Um, Defence was wobbling and all the rest of it. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's settled them down. I think if they win the cup final on a Saturday, they'll be in the uh, Europa League. And, and that, that, what, then what we, well, that's obviously the minimum achievement for a club like Arsenal. I think t- because of their reputation and their consistency under Wenger, you'd say they underachieved. But I'm quite certain that he's on the right path uh, to go forward from here with a, with a platform. Yeah, the next one's a tap in, of course, Sheffield yeah, United. They definitely overachieved. <laughs> I think we can just brush over that. Sheffield United and massively Burnley. overachieved. And Burnley, I mean, looking at the facts, uh, again, uh, Sean Dyche, put a piece in the Telegraph, John, has kept Burnley in the Premier League for four consecutive seasons with a net spend yes. of nine million a year. I mean, I think he's come at the stage where he, he would like a bit more, a bit more money. But there they are, solidly in tenth. Yes, and yesterday was only their second defeat in 16 games, by the way. And he's kept the, he's kept the ship stable despite players leaving uh, rather suddenly at the end of their contract. Um, and I think Sheffield United, you just mentioned in passing, I think uh, Chris Wilder and Sean Dyche would be my choice as the two managers in the Premier League who perhaps overachieved themselves in, in terms of the number of, of games that they've won and the, the tactics that they've managed to make work against so supposedly big clubs mm. so yes I mean overachievement I think for Sheffield United to be in, in the top 10 and for Bur- well Burnley are 10th actually Sheffield United are above them I think those two clubs yes overachieved we're going to have to up the pace because we're nearly out of time okay, yeah. so we'll up the, up, up the right, pace just one word answer then. Southampton for uh, me overachieved Southampton overachieved after the 9-0 does that have a bearing yes. John you think yes over the, after the 9-0 definitely yeah. Everton uh, in a state of flux with Ancelotti having to assess his, uh, what he's taken on and see where he goes for next season. I think they underachieved yeah. for a club of Everton's stature. They should have been top 10, shouldn't they? Newcastle, in light of everything that was going on for Steve Bruce? I think he's overachieved. Mm. I think uh, Steve Bruce has now matched Rafael Benitez's position in the mm. league last season and Benitez was a hero up there and Steve had it all to do and I think um, the takeover of course is still um, very much on the on the front burner I suppose I should say and I think that uh, Newcastle's fans should be happy enough bearing in mind the conditions he had to work under. Palace stood yeah. still. Yeah, underachieved really. Uh, seven defeats in a row towards the end of the season. Roy Hodgson admitted last night the squad's too small, it's too old. Uh, Palace need to do some shopping in the summer, but I think they would expect to have a better season next time round. Uh, Brighton? Yeah, Brighton have overachieved. Graham Potter's kept them in the Premier League. Um, it's their best points total since they've been promoted. And uh, really, I think if you're Brighton and you, you came up the way they did and struggled a little bit last season and then Potter's come in and tried to change the way they play. Um, yeah, I, actually, I think Brighton are about where I expected them to be. West Ham, I think uh, <laughs> it's fair to say they, they have underachieved. Yes. <laughs> Definitely underachieved. Uh but fair, fair dues to David Moyes. It's the second time he's had to take over and make sure, first of all, that they stay in the league. They should mm. be doing a lot better than that with the players they've got. Mm. And uh, whether they'll buy any more will be interesting. But yes, as a, if you were a Hammers fan, you'd say they've underachieved. Villa? Well... <laughs> they, they, I, I'm just going to say they've survived. That's what we've already said. That, haven't <laughs> we've we? got I mean, a third what, category. What, I'd say they'd underachieved because they spent a lot of money. What about Bournemouth? Bournemouth, John. 
Uh, Bournemouth are underachieved, maybe in the sense that they've had better results and better positions in the league the last four seasons. Uh, yeah, and, and they have also actually, by the way, spent quite a lot of money. So, um, yeah, underachieved, definitely. And I think Watford is pretty clear of underachieved. There's no way players like Saar should be going down. They've got, they've got good players there that, that should have done more, really. Yep. Uh, underachieved um, obviously we've gone over the business of changing the manager when they did but uh, bearing in mind how they've played in the Premier League the last two or three years uh, yes by Watford standards they've underachieved and finally Norwich I mean did we have any expectation they were likely to stay up there was the you know so is it you know underachieved simply because they did finish bottom of the table with 21 points yeah, disappointing points total, having won the championship last year. But having said that, did we expect a lot more from Norwich with the squad they've got? I don't think so, really. But um, if you finish bottom, uh, as far behind as they were, you've got to say they underachieved. Motty, lovely you. talking to you. We will catch up with you soon. All the best. Thanks very much. See you next Friday for the cup final. Oh, yes, cup final <laughs> chat with Motty. We'll have the falls panel fall out as well. Modesty forbids me uh, giving out right. the uh, standings now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This caught my eye this morning in the paper. Uh, Silverstone uh, oh, yeah. are planning a development, a company are planning a, to build flats overlooking the track. And you think, oh yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> this sort of place a bit noisy once a year, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't see that working really, but there you Have go. you ever you been in the vicinity of it? Um, I used to know some people who lived in Toaster. Uh, very close to uh, yeah. to Silverstone. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it, you could smell, you could smell the Formula One track on race mm. day when the when the uh, Grand Prix was on. So it's a smell of burning rubber <laughs> and fuel. And you could obviously hear it as well. So you'd have to bite with that once a day, I would think. Yeah, I'm not sure I really like that. Jan mm. Vertonghen has, uh, has left the club uh, today and uh, him and mm. um, Michel Vaughan both left Spurs and they've they've left with uh, two very nice IWC watches. I don't know if you saw the uh, oh, very pictures. Nice. Yeah, that, beautiful yeah. little gifts. A gift, gift from the club? Or Go, the yeah, gift from the club, from the chairman. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, they are a club sponsor, so I imagine mm. he got them wholesale. <laughs> but um, 799 £17,999 is the is the value apparently of Jan Vertonghen's Michel Vorm's not too shabby at 10950 no, but yeah. these are retail as I said as they're a, as they're a club sponsor I would imagine <laughs> uh, that Daniel would have got a bit of a dizzy but um, we also discovered via um, Theo Delaney from this, uh, the Spurs Show podcast that there's a game that uh, Jan Vertonghen uh, likes to play he's a big fan of this game called Catan or is it Catan I've got no idea Never heard of it, it is a, a game apparently a German game and uh, it's a sort of one of these things where it's, it says let me explain it to you picture yourself in the mm. era of discoveries can you do that for me Andy? Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, after a long voyage of great deprivation, your ships have finally reached the coast of an uncharted island. Its name shall be Catan or Catan. I've got no idea. Yeah. But it doesn't say that there. Yeah. But uh, you are not only the discoverer. Other fearless seafarers have also landed on the shores of the island and the race is to settle the island. And that's your job. If I get there first, can I change the name? I don't like the name. You don't Catan. like the name. Well, I, yeah, change it to a name uh, that's much easier to pronounce. That is a bit more definitive. Mm. So there we are. That's, uh, that's, that's what uh, Yan Vertong will be getting up to, wearing his nice 18 grand watch, having a game of Catan slash Catan. Like many uh, players who... Uh, Leaving your, your clubs mm. or this season, you, you, you know, you, you certain players you appreciate. If William oh, yeah. does go, you know, I think 
Well done, mate. Pedro mm. left you a very nice message. Yeah. What a player he's been in his career, not just for Chelsea. I mean, when you look at Pedro, he's one of the most decorated yeah. players in football history. He's won absolutely everything you could possibly win. It's mm. quite amazing. So I wish him good luck, you know. And other players, you just can't wait to see the back of them. Anyway, <laughs> yes, no, their, I agree. Spare their blushes. The Tongan's been sensational. This is an interesting story. David Beckham has bulldozed son Romeo's £30,000 tennis court and transformed mm. it into a five-a-side football pitch. Yeah. The all-weather court was designed for Romeo in 2018 when Mum Victoria reckoned he could be the next Andy Murray. Uh, Romeo's enthusiasm has waned, however, and he's not posted any snaps of himself playing tennis since... September 2019 and I always think this is a bad I know we're all guilty of this with our kids but it's a bad thing to do if he was any good at tennis it wouldn't have mattered if he played in the park you didn't need to buy him a tennis score or give him a tennis score. It's not going to help that. If, he's, if, if kids have got talent, they'll, they'll, they'll come they, out. They might like a game of tennis themselves. Well, they obviously it, not. They bulldozed it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose it's all relative, isn't it? Your kids show yeah. an interest in something. You yeah, try and help them. Yes. I, I understand the motivation and the thinking behind it. But I I, what my argument is you're not helping them. You no. won't. I mean, the way you carry on about the Beckham kids, you won't be happy until they're up the chimneys, will you? You've made your decision. No. You think they should all, they well, should all be I, up the chimneys. I don't think it should all be up the chimneys, but I think <laughs> Princess Anne, for example. Oh, yeah, don't bring her in. Well, what I, she she's done? her birthday this week, and oh, she, okay, her great. kids were talking, and they were saying how grateful they were to her that they made she made them go out and get jobs right? and not have royal they titles. They didn't do bar work, though, did they? No, I mean, they didn't do bar work. They got they, a bit of a leg up, didn't well, they? Well, sort of a leg up, but they still had to make it, you know. Yeah. Uh, one's a furniture maker of high, you know, Peter, he makes very nice cabinets. Does he? And Zara... Is that not you think of Viscount Lindley, isn't he, in the furniture no, business? Isn't he, isn't he yeah, in no, I think he just... I think they're all in cabinets. <laughs> they've, all gone, they've all gone in the furniture business. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe he works in a factory where they just glue tongue and groove <laughs> together. You know, it's chipboard. <laughs> That's what Peter does. Yeah, he's on a, he's on an assembly line. He's there. He's there. He's there gluing uh, chipboard cabinets together for 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 the mass market. I, I like this. I love it when the tabloids write like this. Tennis legends Boris Becker and Bjorn Borg enjoy a game of mixed doubles as they set sail in Ibiza with their partners. Um, former Wimbledon champion Boris, fifty-two, who cares, looked happy with his girlfriend Lillian de Cavallo Montero, who oh. held centre court. Of course, she did. Yeah, <laughs> skimpy red bikini. The couple were joined by Swedish great Bjorn, 64, and his wife, Patricia Ofsted. She report. <laughs> she does. Is that her name? Patricia Ofsted. Oh, no, Ofsted. Sorry, I was going to say it wrongly. Sorry. Patri- <laughs> Poor Patricia Ofsted. She goes imagine, inspecting the schools. Imagine that would be awful. Every time she met a teacher, they go, oh, blimey, no. Got an Ofsted. <laughs> yeah, I've been inspecting. Who served, a, served up a beaming smile. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's marvellous, isn't that, it? That's well quite done. old school. That's like a, a thing I from like the those. 70s. Yeah, I like they got, Maybe an old sub's come back in from the 70s <laughs> just to do a day shift. And they said, we said, we don't write like that anymore. More, mate, but we'll keep it in because it's just brought it's quite nostalgic. And I anyway. promised the producer I'd do this before we move on, which what, is retire. That... <laughs> yeah, he's hoping to take over from me, yeah. but uh, a bungling Basil Faulty. I don't know why I'm speaking like a tabloid <laughs> journalist. Basically, they're not happy in Torquay because I think they used um, he was used to demonstrate social distancing in the posh resort he made famous. So people are not happy about it. Apparently, trying to live down the Faulty Towers image of Torquay. Who, who John Cleese was. No, the people Torbay. They're not happy people. Local say, local, entre- local entrepreneurs on the English Riviera have said they've worked hard to escape the image associated with the hapless snob Basil Forty's uh, Towers Hotel. 
Basil's Forty Towers Hotel. What are you Hotel. on about? I'm doing a story about people in Turkey are not happy that they've used Basil Forty to illustrate social distancing. I think the well, idea thank was you for that. that he was very tall. I had a great story about baboons <laughs> with chainsaws, but I've got no time for it now, so you please with yourself. I'll try and phase it in later. It's true, by the way. Uh, it's uh, Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport, believe it or not. I wouldn't have done that story if it hadn't been for the producer. I shouldn't bother now. Yeah, you know, I would have left it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Don't ask me. Here we go then, Andy. Oh, Five questions. Yeah, I thought we'd gone home. What's the matter with you, that. man? You've still got that. three minutes' work to do. You haven't got to get your stuff out. Oh, I no, just no, need I your need, brain. No, no, I need my. I need what it's worth. Oh, so you can cheat? No, so I can work it out. Okay, all right then. About bit, the question yeah. is um, we spoke to the director of football of uh, Isle of Man uh, FC. Yes. Uh, they're going into the Northwest Counties League with which other club of note? <sighs> Did talk about it. I mean, it's quite key, this. Isle of Man. And, and uh, we talked about the situation. The club with them. They've been in the news. This club been in the news. They're kind of... Berry. Berry, well done. I nearly said yeah. Barrow. <laughs> that was close. We spoke to Chem... Uh, sorry, Jem Toiger, who is the manager of which football <laughs> club on Thursday? Jem uh, Toiger. The great was Hull. The Toigers. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Birmingham and he's the Hull manager, yeah. Jem uh, uh, Toiger. Jem Toy, not Jim. Jem Toiger. <laughs> It was quite an unusual football team. Uh, no, I can't remember. Piccadilly Line FC. Oh, yes, of course. Um, we spoke to the Bucky Thistle people about their relationship with which famous writer? Um, Stephen King. Stephen King. Okay. Uh, Whatever one we got here. Uh, yeah, we, which sport went pay-per-view uh, last Tuesday on the show? First time it had been pay-per-view. You were here last week, yes, weren't you? I, 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 I thought I'm sure it looked like you, the bloke. It was a heavy weekend. What, is it? Oh, really? No. PP. Uh, no, I can't remember. Chess boxing. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. It all comes yeah, back to it. Yeah, I remember it now. And uh, which comedian did we speak to about his brand new comedy album? He's a New England Alex Adelman. Alex Adelman, that's it. Yeah, well, that something sticks, something stays. Yeah, that's the luck nature of, of the game. Back of the draw. That's <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll return tomorrow at one. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.